We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast welcome back to another episode of the pack a day podcast you can get all your pack a day updates by following us on twitter at pack a day podcast and remember you can always subscribe to the podcast on apple Podcasts, google play tune in stitcher or spotify and of course you can always check us out over at cheeseheadtv.com I'm Kyle Fellows, and I'm joined by my co-host, Andrew Mertzig. We're back for another Friday edition of the Packaday Podcast. Andrew, how are you doing this week? Yeah, this this should be a week where we're just, like, exhilarated, getting ready for this huge matchup on Sunday Night Football. But obviously, this week is dominated by the DeMar Hamlin news, and there are events in life that really just put things in perspective, and all this it's it's just a podcast about a game, right? Mm-hmm. So as unimportant as Packers Lions seems in comparison, we are still going to talk about it and we're going to do our best to enjoy it. And hopefully we can carry other people along in, in getting that enjoyment, getting excited about this football game once again. Yeah, absolutely. Nobody knew what they were going to be witnessing when they sat down to watch Monday Night Football this week. And it was great to get some good news, right? That DeMar is responsive, has opened Absolutely. his eyes. He appears to be neurologically intact. Of course, he's not out of the woods, but my goodness, right? So much has to be said about the medical staff, doctors, people around the world who've rallied to Hamlin with their thoughts, prayers, and support. It's just been pretty incredible to watch and so cool to see how he's doing 
um, in spite of what is just a crazy freak accident that's horrifying to see. But um, that's where we are, and we are here to talk about some football, I guess. Yeah, yeah, amazing news coming out on Thursday about his condition, and, you know, we, we certainly hope and at this point almost expect that to continue to recover and as people try to get through this and understand and, and you know, in some ways get past um, what was a pretty traumatic situation for everybody involved, um, there are some things that are shook up because of this in the yeah. NFL landscape. Yeah. Um, and that certainly is the case with the AFC playoffs. We're recording this, of course, on Thursday night. So we're getting some things kind of live. Uh, we do understand the NFL will not make up the Bengals and Bills game, or at least the remainder of that uh, matchup. And so that is definitely going to affect the AFC playoffs. Uh, certainly, we, we've already heard about this Bengals and Ravens, and if they end up um, with the Ravens winning on Sunday, then there'll be a coin toss to determine who has home field advantage in the playoffs. The the seeding gets a little uh, messed up. I know uh, you, you said that there, there might be a little bit of additional information, but this does not impact the NFC portion of the playoffs for the Packers still winning in. Yeah, absolutely. And there it is a lot of uh, just conjecture and what the NFL might be thinking at this point. It does look like it is going to come down to maybe some coin flips for some home field. And then especially when they reach that AFC championship level, it looks like if the two teams participating in that game have an unequal amount of games played in the regular season where potentially home field could have been determined by seeding, that game would be played on a neutral site field so you go play at ford field or somewhere where you know and we're gonna assume ford field isn't being occupied by a playoff team <laughs> at that. that's usually a natural assumption in the nfc North. maybe that's not the case this year uh but that would be it looks like the, the case here in the afc they're gonna try to be fair and not assuming that one team should host a game when the other one very well could have well, Kyle, one thing I know for certain is that Ford Field will not be utilized for a home Lions playoff game, <laughs> the same as Lambeau that's, Field will not be used for a home playoff that Packers game. That seems very fair to assume. So let's go back to our, our assumption there with the Lions not hosting playoff games. But we got key matchups to talk about today. Yeah. Let's uh, let's move on from the AFC. We're an NFC show, so let's do that. Uh, we are here to talk about a football game. The Packers have played themselves into position to make the playoffs. Win and in is the name of the game, and the Detroit Lions are the only obstacle here to making the playoffs in that playoff berth. Something that seemed unfathomable just about a month ago, honestly. Uh, they can become the second team ever to overcome a 4-8 and eight start and make the big show. Just Crazy stuff at this point. So we're back with another round of key matchups and X-Factors to help you get ready for the football game, as we always do. We're going to dive into the Detroit Lions. We're going to talk about their roster and talk about which matchups are going to be tipping points in the game. Uh, and then, of course, we'll let you know what our X-Factor predictions are for this week. So let's go ahead and get started. Andrew, what is your first matchup that you're going to be watching when Green Bay hosts Detroit on what is now Sunday Night Football? Yeah, so I'm going to go with Amon Ross St. Brown versus Jair Alexander. And this is week three of me choosing wide receiver one for the opposing team. Against the Dolphins, I mentioned Tyreek Hill, who was Pro Football Focus's number one graded wide receiver. Then last week, the Packers get to play 
Justin Jefferson, who is number two, according to Pro Football Focus. Well, guess what? Amon Ross St. Brown is PFF's newest number two graded wide receiver as he leaps Justin Jefferson this week. So, Mm. (laughs) I mean, just no rest for the Packers defensive backs as they go up against Tyreek, Justin Jefferson, and now Amon Ross St. Brown. Um, Certainly a tall order for them in slowing down St. Brown. Um, the, The secondary quite frankly, it's just been so much better during this stretch. And especially, really, if you look back since the second half of the Dolphins game. Darnell Savage looks to be a totally different player after getting benched. Adrian Amos is playing at 2021 levels. And Jair, well, like, not enough can be said about his performance on Sunday. I I just hope he has that same chip on his shoulder going out against Amon Ra because he's going to need it. Right. When we talk about this hierarchy of wide receivers in the game who you're going to get really excited to play against, makes sense. Tyreek Hill, right? Everybody knows he's a top wide receiver. Justin Jefferson, everybody knows he's a top wide receiver. Amon Ross St. Brown is in that conversation, but maybe not nationally. And so it does take a little bit more to get your juices flowing uh, when you're a guy like Jair and play up to that level. Um, And I love, love, love that Joe Barry really played to the confidence of his corners. Let them settle who is going to take Jefferson. I think Jair is at his best when he feels challenged. So, and granted, Kyle, before I say this, this is tongue in cheek. Someone needs to share with him just how fluky people think his performance last week was and how Amon Ra is the real challenge, right? So slowing down Amon Ra will go a long ways in slowing down what has been a fantastic offense the second half of the season, and it's going to be a really big deal at the end of the game. Yeah, it, it does seem, I mean, we always joke that it feels like Rodgers is best when he has that chip on his shoulder, you know, manufactured or not. Maybe Jair is that kind of player, needs that chip. So somebody does need to tell him that that was just a fluke last week. We need that kind of performance again. But I'm going to go on a little bit of a side tangent here, and I know that that makes you always really nervous when I do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but Adrian Amos, you mentioned, you know, he's playing at a level that he hasn't played at recently and, and just playing really, really well. Someone put out on Twitter this week that it, there may be a financial way where it actually costs the Packers less money to keep him on the books next year than releasing him or moving on from him. And I think we've talked about him as kind of a uh, someone we assume that Packers will move on from this offseason because of those finances. And he's getting up in age and those kind of things. But we've also talked, I know you and I have talked the last couple offseasons, even back to when the Packers didn't have maybe the stability at safety that they've had in recent years, that one safety position is very dependent on another safety. And if you have one guy who's underperforming, you have another guy who's guessing a little bit more to try to make up for some of the ground that needs to be covered because you may not trust that the other guy is going to be in the right spot. And I just wonder if maybe Adrian Amos's fall off wasn't maybe so dependent on his falling off or his age or those kinds of things and more dependent on that scheme and weren't learning how to play beside someone who hasn't been playing as strongly. And we've seen the players shuffle through that other safety spot. So I do wonder if maybe it's not the end for Adrian Amos and we do see him next year coming back uh, to be a part of this defense. So just a side note there, something I thought was interesting because I didn't think that the financials allowed it. It looks like that might be the case. Yeah, I think I think that that's a really interesting point, and and I saw the same thing you did. I'm I'm just gonna try to talk about the tweet the way I remember it, right? I'm not doing any research <laughs> Sorry. on this. 
But it sounds like because the Packers moved some money back that they have seven point some million dollars that are going to be tied up in Adrian Amos no matter what, on the roster, yeah. off the roster. And so that there's a way that if the, if he was willing to come back at a one-year five-point-something million-dollar cap hit, um, that essentially he wouldn't cost the Packers anything or could maybe even save them a few dollars. And um, I, I think if that's the situation, of course you bring him back. You always want a veteran presence at safety, if at all possible. Um, certainly we know Darnell Savage is going to be back next year because the fifth year option is going to force him to be. So some continuity there is, is really important. And yeah, it did look like Adrian Amos had lost his step early in the season. Now, is that the case? We don't know. Um, could it be that there was a minor injury that wasn't on the injury report? Could it yeah. be that he was just going through some other stuff? Absolutely. That kind of stuff happens all the time. But it's not Madden. They're not robotic yeah. players out there with just a set rating. Um, things differ from week to week. And so um, all of those things could be out there. But, the, you know, if if your cap implication is the same, whether you have Adrian Amos on the roster or off, give me him on the roster. Because even, even if he is playing a, a little bit more of a backup role or you have to be a little safer with him, he's still worth having on the team, still a really good player. Yeah, I just thought it was an interesting conversation to have, especially when going into an offseason, trying to replace both of your starting safeties is going to be a tall task. So you were talking about Amon Ra, you know, versus that secondary. That's your matchup. That was our tangent because we are roster builders at heart. So let's get back into the discussion here. I'm going to talk about Aiden Hutchinson versus the Packers offensive tackles. And Hutch is a really fun player. And I hate it when division rivals get good young players because you have to root against them in some ways, right? But Aiden's been really good, really impactful in this rookie season. Uh, but this week he gets David Bakhtiari. And Detroit has shown some willingness to move Aiden around to get him in some advantageous situations. So maybe we see him more on the left side matched up against the Packers right tackle. Uh, it sounds like Nyman is going to play this game on the right side. It also sounds like his neck is still bothering him, at least at this point in the week. Uh, but even if it's Zach Tom, you kind of feel pretty good about what Green Bay has been putting on the field at tackle all season. So I think that this is going to be good football to watch. Hutchinson is a really talented player. But I really hope that he gets stymied this week, right? On Sunday Night Football, he gets Bakhtiari, Nyman, Tom, hopefully all able to shut him down or at least slow him down because the rest of the Lions pass rush, it's really not an intimidating group. So if they can slow down Hutchinson, it could mean extra time for Rodgers and those big plays that come as a result. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Yeah, one of the really interesting things, and I I know I'm going to be way too pro football focus heavy <laughs> in this episode, and a lot of that is just since the Packers last played the Lions, I haven't seen a lot of Detroit football. Mm. Um, just the timing of their schedule has often conflicted with either the Packers or another game that I'm trying to watch, or they're on red zone and they just <laughs> you sure. never show yeah. them that week, or or it's very rare or something. So I, I I I needed to rely on a tool a little bit, and and one of the things that I thought was very interesting was that of the Lions defenders, Aiden Hutchinson was the highest graded at his position of any other player, right? And he was like 33rd uh, of of yeah. defensive end right. pass rusher, the, the edge position as they label it. And that was the highest of any defender they had, right? They didn't have a linebacker in in higher than 33rd in the league they didn't have right. a corner or a safety or an interior defensive lineman this is a defense that you know pro football focus is not the end-all be-all of how you're playing football we know sometimes those grades can be a little weird but man that's not a good sign no right for a defense for a team that's on the fringe of the playoffs um, and I'm going to focus somewhere else on the defense, and that is at corner. And I'm going to go Christian Watson versus Jeff Akuda for my key matchup. Before the the Packers-Lions first matchup, we were kind of talking about how good Akuda was, how he was back. After being the third overall pick, Akuda just could not stay healthy until this season. And then there were questions like, is he ever going to live up to his potential? Uh, through the first half of the season, it looked like he would be a number one cornerback in the league. Maybe not the number three overall pick worth, but like a number one corner is worthwhile and, and really great. But something happened. He currently sits as the 76th graded corner out of 123 in the NFL. That is not good, especially for your guy who is supposed to be the shutdown Hmm. player on your defense and starting week 11 his pro football focus grades were 51 60 41 34 and 52 those are all bad Hmm. and then he did recover with a 67 last week against the bears that's pretty good um but that's against the bears passing attack so you know to to be fair to akuda not to just say he's a bad player he did suffer a concussion in week 11 he really wasn't practicing during that stretch he was kind of just playing in the games, and then he missed more practice time with an illness immediately after. So he has gone through some stuff. We talked about this with Amos, things that you go through during the the course of a season. But this is a matchup that we would have thought would be a advantage, maybe even a big advantage for the Lions when they played in Week 9. But now it kind of looks like this is an advantage for the Packers. The Lions may have to commit additional resources to slowing down Watson and helping out Akuda, and that's going to open up things in other windows in the defense. Yeah, it's really going to be interesting because the Packers just didn't really need Christian Watson last week. The way that that game played, they took a couple shots, didn't connect on a few, but the game script just it didn't make sense for them to keep taking crazy shots down the field or you know just trying to. I mean, they piled up the points, but they could do that in other ways. So curious if now going back to Detroit with the really a secondary that is beatable, and Jeff Akuda is a part of that, how much he's going to be involved and how much fun that could be to watch as the fans. But um, I'm going to talk here about Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon versus the Lions' run defense. And we know that Jones has kind of been nursing a knee and ankle injuries for weeks. And it's kind of felt like Green Bay has really been managing that workload lately. A.J. Dillon has been playing great, so that's kind of allowed the Packers to do that. 
But on Sunday, Jones had 16 total touches for 113 total yards from scrimmage, the most that he's had since week 10 against Dallas. Uh, he was also able to handle a decent load against the Rams a few weeks back. And Matt LaFleur said that the team came out of that Minnesota game feeling pretty healthy overall. So uh, it's remarkable because the field conditions were apparently really, really bad because the Packers <laughs> flooded their own field, right? We've all heard that this week. So amazing there weren't more you know, injuries, injury risks that were taken in that. Uh, but regardless, uh, it'll be uh, fun watching to see if Green Bay is willing to feed Jones in this football game on that same field. Of course, Dylan has been very good. He's kind of been that big bruising rusher, and that might be the ticket to wear down this Lions defense over the course of that game. But, Andrew, you and I sat in what I believe was the north end zone. You correct me if I was wrong, at Lambeau Field last season in September when Aaron Jones scored four touchdowns against this Lions team. Now, I know that this Lions run defense has been better this season. They've been good in stretches, maybe not consistently. But two weeks ago on Christmas Eve, they gave up 293 yards and two touchdowns to the Carolina Panthers running backs, right? Not exactly the best group in the NFL. So I'll be watching to see how Green Bay splits the carries between Jones and Dylan if Green Bay is able to win on the ground. Because that, if they can, if they can move the ball on the ground, I think this is going to be a game that becomes that much easier to win. Yeah, can confirm it was the north end zone. Thanks, Andy Herman. Um, <laughs> and... I, I'm so glad you brought this up because your key matchup feeds directly into mine. I don't even need to make a transition. Nice. I'm talking about the Packers interior offensive line, Elton Jenkins, Josh Myers, John Runyon Jr. versus the Lions interior defensive line. And why did the Lions get ravaged by the Carolina Panthers? Cat on cat crime, if you will. Because while the Lions may possess oh a gosh. ton of depth that... <laughs> I'm dying, like that that's one. all. Yeah. <laughs> Well, while the Lions definitely possess a lot of depth at edge, their interior defensive line is not good. The A former draft crush of ours, Aleem McNeil, leads the way, but he has not exactly been great. Um, again, going back to pro football focus, they have him as defensive lineman 31 out of 128. So if he's your defensive lineman one, he's at 31. That means the rest of your line uh, better make up for that by being some of the best second and third defensive linemen in the league. They are, in fact, not. Uh, they don't have a single interior defensive lineman in the top 97. Michael Brockers has played 12 snaps since week five and is essentially done. He just continues to be a healthy scratch week after week. Don't know what's going on there. Benito Jones and Isaiah Bugs. Two real human beings, those are names of actual humans, are fringe rosterable types of players, and those are the guys getting the snaps alongside Aleem McNeil. So the Lions are playing a ton of very light boxes. They're using edge rushers inside, and their defense isn't good anyways. So the Packers interior, which has, full credit to Kyle, been trending up a big way recently is going to have a chance to really road grade against the Lions defense. And I, I, I'm I'm a firm believer controlling clock and possession in the elements is going to allow the offense to score points, take time off the clock, and then keep that dangerous Lions offense on the sideline, uh, probably nestled very closely to the heaters, uh, trying to keep in that body warmth. But um, yeah, I, I this is a matchup that if the Packers don't win is a disaster. And I mm -hmm. don't know how they overcome it, but it... Like, this is one of those 90-10 matchups where you just expect your guys to win on every play. Mm -hmm. I think that's a good way to say it. Like, this is a matchup, a key matchup, because if they don't 
take advantage of it. It's it's all it's all bad, right? This is where they have to win. But honestly, until the very end there, all I heard you say was cat on cat crime. And that was my favorite part of the entire entire show. But really, if you think about it, the Lions and the Panthers were both teams that have like climbed up, you know, higher in the standings and in some ways have stolen a lot of wins throughout the season. So that would make them both cat burglars. Am I am I right? Wow. Yeah, I wish Maggie was here to hear this. this is... uh, she's really not glad. She's really glad that she's not here, I think, is, yeah. is the, the reality. So anyway, I should have left it at cat on cat crime. That's where we should have stopped. My bad. Let's continue uh, with the show. <laughs> OK, um, my next one here is DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams versus the Packers defensive line. I talked about Jones and Dillon's versus the Lions defensive line. So we're just flipping things. We're going to the other side because the Lions have a lot of talent in their backfield as well. And everybody loves Jamal Williams. He's been the touchdown king this week, this season. And the Lions organization and the coaches love him, and we all understand why. Uh, great dude, great football player. But this week he's the enemy, right? Uh, he's got a sidekick back there in DeAndre Swift who can wreck your defense if you're not careful. So kind of like Jones, Swift has been struggling with his health, and the Lions have managed his usage um, until lately. But last week, he went off over 100 yards and two scores versus the Bears. Now, it was the Bears, but still a big game, good production from him there. So limiting both Williams and Swift has to be high on the priorities for this Packers defense. Of course, the Packers didn't give up a ton to Dalvin Cook last Sunday, but the game got out of hand early for Minnesota. That that kind of took Cook out of the script a little bit, right? That was not what they wanted to do, surely. But with the way that Clark, Slayton, Wyatt, this group has been playing, I think there's some reason for optimism that Green Bay will be able to contain the Detroit running backs. And we know that the Lions are fully capable of putting up points. They're, they're a good offensive, explosive team. But if the pack is able to contain the run without loading the box to do that, that's really going to help them limit the big play and excel in coverage as well. Yeah, I really like that. And and so this is our transition um, into the X factors for our table breaking matchup between the Packers <laughs> and the Lions. So, Kyle, who is your X factor? Oh, my X factor this week is Devontae Wyatt. OK, I'm going to take a shot here and say that Wyatt has his best game as a pro to close out the season. He's been ascending. He's been earning the trust of the coaches, it feels like. And I think this is the week where it all kind of comes together. And maybe people start talking about him in their living rooms around the country as they watch this game, because the Lions offensive tackles are good. But the interior is suspect and center Frank Ragnow is missing practices with a foot injury. I don't know how that's going to progress through the rest of the week, but he at least went missed that Wednesday practice. So all of that, I think, adds up to a great opportunity for him to have a great week 18 and maybe make a name for himself. Absolutely. And for my X Factor, I'm going to go with Aaron Jones. This is the playoffs. And there's a lot of things Aaron Rodgers says that I adamantly disagree with. But I did like his quote on the Pat McAfee uh, show about this, you know, the only must win was World War II. This is just a game, um, but it is the playoffs. And so mm -hmm. you have to win to move on. And for the Packers, mm -hmm. that is the case, as it has been for several weeks. And, you know, I don't typically fool around with picking X factors when it's playoffs. And you need your dudes to be dudes when it is playoff football. And admittedly, I didn't think it was wise to pay Aaron Jones a couple of years ago, heading into his late 20s. 
but he has proven me so wrong. And uh, honestly, that take alone should probably get me kicked off of the show. <laughs> but, um, you know, you mentioned the the tandem of Dylan and Jones, and there is some credence to leaning on A.J. Dylan in a cold game against a soft defense. But Jones is a spectacular playmaker, and I think he makes several plays, not just in the run game, but also in the pass game that alter, change this game, and help push the Packers to victory. And speaking of victory, uh, this is where we talk about what 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 are going to be the the factors in the game that lead to either the Packers winning and rattling off five in a row to get into the playoffs, or losing and us being really really sad next week. <laughs> and um, I wanted to rewind a little bit and go back to Week Nine. The Packers lost. 15 to 9. Mm. Uh, you will remember that was an incredibly frustrating game. Yes, it was. Um, but if you want to look at positives, the Packers won the time of possession 34 to 25. That's crazy. Packers threw, yeah, yeah, big time. The Packers threw three interceptions. They turned the ball over on downs three times. And they had eight penalties for 81 yards. So like, talk about time of possession. Wow, that's awesome. Then you talk about interceptions, turnovers on downs, which should be counted as turnovers. And then eight penalties for 81 yards, all awful. The Packers outgained Detroit 389 to 254. So uh, almost 150 more yards. Mm-hmm. They were just so bad in the red zone. And if they just fix that, right? Yeah. Don't throw the interception to Aiden Hutchinson. Right. Throw it to David Bakhtiari. <laughs> <laughs> if they just change that, they win. Uh, despite all of that other terrible stuff that I talked about. Um, so I think if they can fix that, fix the red zone offense, slow down the Lions rushing attack, not even keep it in check. Just slow it down. Keep them on Ross St. Brown in check. I think they win this game and go to the playoffs. There's a couple of other threats um, that I do just want to bring up. Josh Reynolds can be a big playmaker. We don't know exactly what Jamison Williams can be, but yeah. he's had two huge explosive plays already in a short time back. So Lions do have some big play threats, but largely if you stop a Monroe St. Brown, you can focus a little bit more attention on some of those, mm-hmm. those other things, right? Just don't get beat over the top. And I think, you know, the Packers, given the cold weather, Jared Goff's history in that, given, you know, the Lions may or may not have something to play for, regardless of what they say. I, I, I do think this is a game that favors heavy Green Bay. Yeah, I'm really glad that you went back and did some of that reflecting because it is so crazy to look back in the lopsided way that that game went. On paper, it looks like the Packers would have won that football game when you take out those turnovers that you mentioned. Of course, just the ones in the red zone being ridiculously crazy. But, um, I mean... I do think the interesting thing here is the Jamison Williams factor. This would be a really crappy time for him to have a coming out party. Um, We know that Jair can cover one stud receiver, but if they decided to do some crazy things with him, especially in a situation where if, if they're eliminated, I feel like they could almost become more dangerous because there's nothing that they wouldn't try. There's nothing that they wouldn't decide just to throw out there. So I don't know if it's an easier game to win if they're eliminated or not. I feel like there's some narrative there that's that's interesting. Um, but, man, this this is a game that I feel like there's several ways that the Packers can win, right? Detroit secondary can be exposed, so I think that the passing game should be there. It's interesting because you talked about how the Packers were trying to throw a touchdown pass to David Bakhtiari in this first matchup. <laughs> when you just say that on the show, if you didn't watch that 
game, if you didn't watch the rest of the way that this early season was unfolding, you'd be like, what the heck is going on? And I think that speaks to the Packers trying to generate offense and trying to get creative because they didn't know where it was going to come from. Well, obviously, if you fast forward a few weeks, we're in a place where we know where that offense comes from, right? They're running the ball well. Christian Watson has emerged. Romeo Dobbs has become very um, reliable. There's all these pieces that are gelling, and it's a different situation where I feel like the Packers are less desperate. So it's kind of cool to put that in perspective and be like, that's how far this team has come, that they're not throwing to their left tackle anymore. This is good stuff. But regardless, I do think that the big play could be there. Uh, but the easiest way to win this ball game is to sustain drives with the run game because Detroit can score. They have those playmakers. But if Green Bay can control the clock, find success in that run game, you limit the time that they have, right? And you wear them down on defense at the same time. Aaron Jones was your X factor, and I absolutely love that. I think Dylan and Jones get a lot of work in this one, and I think that they're guys that you lean on heavily to get the win, and I think that that's really how you, you follow your path to victory in this one. Yeah, win the turnover battle. Don't commit a bunch of stupid penalties. <laughs> Be good in the red zone. You're, you're going to win most games, right? Yeah, yeah. And especially, I think, given the situation – and the way the Packers are playing. I know the Lions have been hot, but like on paper, the Packers are a better team. Given the momentum, the Packers are a better team. They're at home. They they have a lot of things going for them. Yeah. But you have to go out and execute. Yep. And um, you know, that's the thing. You gotta you gotta seal the deal when you get these opportunities. And who would have thunk that we'd be sitting here going into week eighteen talking yeah. about potential playoffs playoffs that's wild it's super super exciting um and we're here to to get you all the way there and then through the playoffs so stay tuned to the pack a day podcast but unfortunately that is all the time that we have for today you can find kyle on twitter at packer underscore pundit and you can find me at andrew mertig please subscribe and give us a five star rating that's the best way that you can support the pod you can catch Kyle and myself every Friday, and next week we'll be back talking about key matchups and X-Factor for the Packers' first playoff game. Thanks for listening, and as always, remember... Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? I'm Kat, founder of Ritual. We're making traceability the new standard for the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I couldn't find a multivitamin I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested, and clean label project certified. Oh, and our vitamin D3? It comes from sustainably harvested lichen from England, not sheep. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger 
for the ones who get it done.